Hello and welcome to this podcast. My name is Zara Hussein and I'm a partner in the litigation and dispute resolution department of Edwin Co. In this podcast, I'm going to be talking about litigation costs and how to fund them because this is a topic that is almost always of concern for potential litigants. The concern has perhaps become more pronounced in the current COVID-19 climate. Each party is responsible for its own litigation costs as the claim progresses. When the claim comes to an end, costs are dealt with either through a settlement agreement or, if the claim proceeds to trial, the judge decides which party should pay the costs. The usual position is that the losing party is ordered to pay the reasonable costs incurred by the winning party. In this podcast, I'm going to be examining three of the possible ways in which ongoing litigation costs can be funded and how to secure insurance cover to protect against the risk of an unsuccessful party being ordered to pay the successful party's um, reasonable costs. To start off with, I'm going to talk about conditional fee agreements. In short, these arrangements are often called no-win, no-fee agreements, whereby the solicitors, and possibly also the barristers who are retained on the case, will charge either reduced hourly rates or nothing as the claim progresses. This is on the basis that if the claim settles or is won at trial, then the client will pay hourly rates as well as a success fee, which is sometimes referred to as an uplift. The success fee is charged in part because a conditional fee arrangement means that the solicitor or the barrister carries a risk of being paid nothing or much lower hourly rates if the claim is unsuccessful. Success fees can be up to 100% of the usual hourly rate. So, for example, if a solicitor charges £200 an hour plus VAT, then on success, he or she would be due £400 uh, per hour plus VAT if the success fee is set up 100%. Due to changes in the law a few years ago, whilst the success fee used to be recoverable from the losing side, it is no longer recoverable in most types of civil claims. Accordingly, any success fee would have to be paid by the client, usually out of the proceeds of the claim. In light of the risk of non-payment or partial reduced payment, which the solicitors and possibly the barristers are carrying, a conditional fee agreement is usually only offered for claims that have a good chance of success. Another option for parties to consider is third-party funding. Third-party funding is a mechanism whereby an investor will fund all or a proportion of the costs of the claim, which will include solicitor's fees and disbursements. In return, they take a share of any damages which are recovered at the end of the case, whether that's through out-of-court settlement or at trial. If the claim is lost, then there is nothing to pay to the funder. The percentage share taken by the funder will vary, Um, depending on the funder in question and the merits of the case. But the normal range would be between 25 to 40% of the damages which are recovered. So consequently, funders will generally not be interested in non-monetary claims. 
In order to obtain third-party funding, it is important that the potential damages pot is sufficiently high because the funder will only be taking a percentage of it, as I mentioned. It's also important that the merits of the claim are strong. Funders need returns from successful cases in order to cover their capital outlay for the duration of their investment, which could be for some years at a time. A third option for parties to litigation to consider is damages-based agreements. Damages-based agreements are an arrangement whereby solicitors agree to accept a percentage of the damages recovered, again when the claim is settled out of court, or after trial. Damages-based agreements allow the solicitor to share the risks of the litigation with their client, and they are quite similar to US-style contingency arrangements. Although they are simple in concept, there can be elements of underlying complexity. Damages-based agreements are a fairly new animal. Until April 2013, they were unlawful for contentious work. Now, however, they are increasingly an option for claimants. Unless the claim involves personal injury, clinical negligence or employment disputes, the percentage of damages that the solicitor can take is capped at 50%. DBAs, as they are sometimes called, are only available to claimants or counterclaimants and not to defendants to an action, because the payment to the solicitor under the DBA is part of the damages recovered in the claim. If the claim is unsuccessful, then the solicitor will not be paid for the work done under the DBA. So again, it's very important that the potential damages pot is sufficiently high to cover the solicitor's costs. And the merits again have to be sufficiently strong to justify the use of a DBA. The final element that I wanted to consider in this podcast is after the event insurance. So parties can take out an insurance policy after a claim has arisen in order to protect themselves from having having to pay their opponents legal costs and expenses if the claim is unsuccessful. Because as I mentioned earlier, normally the losing party has to pay the winning party's reasonable legal costs. The amount of the premium payable will vary, but it tends to be around 20% of the amount insured. Sometimes such insurance policies are available with deferred and self-insured premiums and this means that the premium is not payable until the end of the case and it's only payable if the claim is successful. As you can guess, a contingent premium payable out of the proceeds tends to be very high. It can be up to 85% of the cover. Previously, the insurance premium was a recoverable cost of litigation, so that if a party was successful, they could recover the cost of the insurance from the losing party. However, because of changes introduced in the law back in April 2013, this is no longer the case. This means that even if a party succeeds in their claim, the premium is a cost that they will have to bear themselves. As a firm, we regularly work with different third-party funders as well as brokers to obtain ATE insurance policies for clients. We are, for the right cases, able to offer CFAs or DBAs. So if you find yourself embroiled in a dispute, please do not hesitate to get in touch with us.